Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today we have two dope gaps. We have Dap from uh, the sommelier world because he's a super awesome sommelier. And Lori with Drastinia Wines. Everybody drink rosé. Rosé. So we sip rosé. We gonna sip rosé. Rosé. Sipping rosé. Baby girl, she don't play. So we sipping rosé We're gonna sip rosé That rosé hour, baby It's Renee here at the Rosé Hour Podcast And I'm here with Me I'm here Man, this rosé is good Yeah, well, let's talk about it Because we have two dope guests And the rosé we're drinking is our second guest So, our first guest is Dap Who is a W-set who is in the Baltimore area, uh, and you can follow him online. He he's who we follow on Instagram. Who does a lot of stuff. He's a black dude who does a lot in the wine industry and super awesome. And then we have Lori from Dressina Wines, which mm. is what we are sip, sip, sipping on right now. He did a good job, girl. Yeah, and so Man, it is enough. a really good rosé. Mm. It is a Soraya rosé. Um, and it's from their vineyard, which is located in El Pomar district of Paso Robles. Um, and so this was harvested last September. Where is, where is that at? That's in the U.S., California. Damn. California. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's alcohol contact is 12.4%. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. And the tasting notes, um, it is a dry rosé, has a luxurious, luxurious, excuse me, pale salmon color. Uh, pouring this wine reveals aromas of cherry blossom, fresh picked strawberry, uh, Bing cherry, and white peach, reminiscent of a beautiful spring day. Your palate will experience strawberry, rose petal, and a raspberry flavor. Uh, enriched with lively acidity. This medium body rosé captures wine, sunshine in your glass, and they guarantee it will make you smile. Nice. Yeah, I'm smiling right now, so that that, that guarantee is true. Yeah, because he's asking what country, you know, when we're uh, like, oh. Well, I, I mean, it just sounded real foreign and exotic. Yeah. I was about to say Sancho Pay or something. I'm like, man, that's probably California. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, old Road Mexico. Trip. Old Mexico. Right. Old Mexico. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, this is election week, and, you know, um, we are recording this but it's going to air after the election. So I just want to be very clear with people because we don't know what the state of the world's going to look like. Um, so we just wanted to be kind. Please be kind, rewind. And, and just do our due diligence before. Because we don't know what the world's going to look like. So I wanted to ask you, bartender Ben, as a bartender, you know, people go into bars and, you know, talk to, you know, uh, bartenders all the time mm-hmm. about like their fears and you know, all that. Right. What would you tell people in an honest, very like real way about the elections result if Trump wins again? Um, buy some canned goods in an AK. And why? Um, there's a lot of civil unrest going on, and uh, I think you know 
it's better to be prepared, you know, in case things go completely left. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way things are looking right now, I mean, people are tripping, you know. Um, there's a voice that, that wants to be heard, you know. And I, and I had this thought, you know, I just want to throw it out there. You know, like, like a lot of like, white supremacists, right? If you live a life where you never had to struggle or had any, like, opposition, like, you have to create it. Because, I mean, naturally you have to feel that, that need for competition, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what Trump has done in the last four years is, like, really throw a lot of uh, wood on the fire, you know, with the white supremacists. So, you know, if he doesn't win, there's a lot of people that have gone on air publicly said that they're, they're going to incite a race. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, I mean, in, in those situations, like you don't really know um, what, who, what or who will be waging the war and with what, you know, so... Not to go completely black, but yeah, you know, you may want to stock up on some water bottles and some and some canned goods. You don't know where it's going. You know, there may be some protests. You know, there's protests have been happening a lot lately. That may cut off your your access to food or or getting out of your neighborhood. You know, so. I don't know. Well, I know for those of us who live in the District of Columbia. Um, if you have not been downtown in the last 48 hours, um, and this is being recorded again before the election, um, pretty much everything is boarded up right now. So almost every store is boarded up. Every business is boarded up. People are getting instructions about not going to work. Um, the mayor is making the decision to, you know, like what they did in Chicago. They pulled up the bridges. They're thinking about if they're able to do that to any of the bridges that have the ability to do it and to cut off any access to bridges. Uh, sound like something out of a Batman movie. I don't know. I mean, to be honest, they're really just considering like the people who live here, right? We. And this is to any protest in any city. It doesn't matter what race, color, religion, belief you have. You don't tear up your own city, right? The protesters come from out of town to do that. And those are not usually the protesters that we speak of that are here for the real movement, right? Those are disruptors, right? And every movement has disruptors. They're the traveling ones that are not really part of the movement. They're the ones who are trying to do something else, a part of that movement. Right. They're not joined in with it. Um, They're doing something else. And so those who will be out here protesting who are from D.C., who are voting in D.C. as a D.C. block of electorates will protest, but will protest in the way D.C. protests. And that's not vandalizing their own space. Right. Because that's not what people do. People don't want to vandalize their own home. Right. So like. The deterrent will be that. Well, more, more so if we do go in some sort of civil war type state, which not it may not happen immediately after the election, but it probably will go there after a few weeks. Yeah. Potentially, I mean, just based on what people have been saying, 
it's not so much that people will be looting the the, the stores. They'll the be store. killing each other. It's, yeah, you won't have access to get there. So that's more so what I was saying, like, you know, arm yourself and be protecting yourself. Kind of like, you know, like the purge. Like, you know, lock yourself in the house. You know, order your food off DoorDash or something. I don't know. Um, really just stock up with perishables because you don't really know where these types of things are going. Yeah, and it's kind of scary. Um at, at this time too because like I've been watching like the news and like stuff at work you know like I've been seeing these reports where like especially on the news where like they did this interview of like this supremacist who has like I've been waiting for this moment I've been stockpiling for decades mm-hmm. on ammo and guns and I've been teaching my son in the woods on Thursdays and Fridays every night how to shoot and this is the moment we're waiting on and it's like yeah I'm just trying to like like we're just trying to read and go to school and live a life and it's so crazy like this is all over to be honest because they never say BLM or Black Lives Matter they say BLM um, because it's so difficult to say that my life matters, right? Um, but it's all over that. It's all over just saying that I'm a person. That's what this craziness is about, to say equality is is okay. That I just leave me to hell alone and let me just try to make my life better for myself. That's what this is all about. I mean, I don't even know what to even say about it, for real. It's scary. I mean, very, very much so. And also what's crazy about it is, other than the amount of melanin in your skin, there's no difference between one human being and another. And I said a few times on the show, like, hey, we have all had the same, you know, needs and hygiene factors. We want to be safe. We need a house over our head. You know, we want our kids to go to decent schools. We want good police coverage, keep us safe. Um, you know, all people have the same requirement. So, you know, thinking that one people are less than the others is crazy. We all need the same thing. We yeah. all piss and shit the same way. We all bleed the same way. It's just, it's just crazy to think that someone is supreme because of a color of their skin. Right. And um I mean I, I think you, you know to 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 finish and answering your first question definitely arm yourself. I know um I've been looking at some things and just really trying to understand what's going on. You know, cuz our, our the way we live is going to change drastically in the next week and to wrap that summary up <laughs> who are we talking to today my my yeah. birthday is on Saturday <laughs> hey. Hey. oh that's gonna be like if you understand what it means to have a birthday during the election cycle in a pandemic well no but like <laughs> but like Every four years, I'm always in this conundrum, whether it be on my birthday or like the day after or a few days later. Like, you know, this happened like with Bush, you know, the gorgeous, you know, the chisels and the, the, the non-filled things. We didn't know. Like, it's always been something, right? 
But this takes the cake because now I'm like, well, shit, can I go celebrate my birthday? Or will we? And that's the thing. It's like, because I'm a black person, it's like, depending on the results of the election and how mother flockers feel in this world, the value of my life is subject subjected to ending potentially. potentially. That's messed up. Potentially. That's messed up. I mean, you know, um, but you know, it, it, it's the reality that you and I live in. And like, I don't think people understand that trauma that we have to walk around with, knowing like one voter suppression. Like to go out and vote, it, there's voter suppression, and, and people are trying to do it right. So like. Pe- why is it in minority communities they we have to stand in line for hours to vote, right? Because right. we know what the suppression is, less materials to do so to vote, less ability to do it. Then, all right, now all of a sudden we find out who the president is. Potentially we find out, we don't even know if we're going to really find out. But like, let's say we find out and someone doesn't like the results. Our lives are in danger because of that. I mean, I think people just need to to take, um, you know, self-defense more seriously. Because, I mean, the way people are talking, and you, you referenced an interview you saw earlier, people have been waiting to do this. For whatever reason or motive that they had to do it, they've been waiting for this moment. They've been preparing for this moment. You know, with people that, that spend a lot of time in preparation, they want to execute. They really want to see their plan that they envision their head happen in reality. Whether it's on a, a, a macro or a micro scale. Whether that means, hey, I kill 30 people at a grass state, I mean, at a, a, a mall, or I kill one single jogging black female around our way. We really don't know what that means in their minds. And you know, the sad part about this is, right? Throughout the course of history and time of this planet, you have never heard of a genocide of black people to white people. Yet and still, the threat the threat and fear that is posed that they have is so unbelievable. I am just like Yo, we just want equality. We don't want revenge. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. Well, can't keep pushing the needle in the wrong direction for too long. Yeah. Well. Who are we talking to? We already talked about that. Man, I don't know. I just want to say something. I know, I know. Okay, well, guys, we we just want to wish you guys a happy Hunger Games. uh, And may the odds be forever in your favor. We pray that you all make it through and that, you know, hopefully, you know, Jesus touches Trump. The devil takes Trump. I don't know. I don't. I just we just hope that things work out where this situation doesn't become uh, the loss of lives. And so we are praying for the best. Yeah. And we hope that you guys are doing the same because it's scary. And we just want everyone to know that we love you and we thank you. And, you know, 
We got two dope guests that we want you to hear their interview. Man, let's just, let's just talk to these people, man. Come on, man. This is too sad. I'm going to cry or something. Two interviews. So let's go with the first one with Dap in Baltimore. My man, 100 grand. Let's get it. friends it's renee here at the rosie hour podcast and today i am so excited because this is a superstar he is on instagram giving you lessons teaching you about wine he is a w set level two student he is in the dmv he is teaching you about everything you need to know about wine he has one of the best programs on instagram live and he's super stellar fashionable and witty as well None other than the most amazing Mr. Depp. Yay! Hey. <laughs> wow, all of that. Right. We have we have like the king in the building. Like I feel like LeBron just walked in. Goodness gracious. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I am honored. Honored. Thank you so much, Renee. I appreciate it. Well, <laughs> I'm just honored that you're here. Like, thank you. Like the podcast, we're like. We got to roll out the royal carpet here tonight. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm truly blessed. I'm truly blessed. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So Glad I know, to be here with you. Yeah, I know a lot of people want to know this because, like, you are, like, one of the pioneers here um, that I've seen on Instagram and sort of, like, in the wine industry, especially as a Black man. Um, who talk about like wine. So like, how did you even get into the wine industry? Like what sparked your interest in like, how did you even get involved? Well, yeah, I, you know, I was, I was studying for this big exam in my, you know, full-time career in project management. And I was looking to get a little bit of an edge off and I started, you know, frequenting wine shops and, you know, trying to figure out what to buy. And I couldn't really figure it out just by walking the aisle. Um, and so I came home, uh, turned on a documentary called Psalm uh-huh. and it really piqued my interest. Yeah, yeah, it piqued my interest because these guys were going through something that I was going through and studying for a really, really difficult exam and, you know, trying to master their craft. And, uh, you know, I found a lot of commonality with it. And that brought me deeper and deeper into the actual beverage and the complexity of wine. Um, And it just took off from there. Um, So that's how I kind of got started. Um, and then it just, you know, Instagram happened. Um, I started making connections in the network and I ended up at a wine bar. Um, they offered me a position and I just grew from there. Wow. That's so amazing. And like a documentary and like stress <laughs> essentially absolutely brought you to this yep. like moment in life. And like as a black man in this space, like I, 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 I'm stressing it because like, you know, the wine industry is so white male dominated you don't really see a lot of black men how do you feel you've been received in this space yeah i, I think pretty well uh overall you know i've tried to make it uh so that you know i seem approachable uh the content seems approachable um I, one of the the goals that i have was you know really to you know just track my journey from you know start to finish um but, you know, I feel like in general, like I've been well received I've, uh, moments where people kind of don't expect much of your education uh, or experience. And so that's, you know, been challenging at times to, you know, have people just ignore you uh, when you ask 
um, if they need help at the wine shop uh, or I think that you don't know much of wine uh, because of the way that you may be uh, presented. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of casual at times. I'm not wearing a suit and a tie um, when I'm out at the shop. So I think, uh, you know, that can tend to uh, uh, potentially turn people off. And I wear a fitted hat a lot of times, too. So, you know, I stay I stay true to the culture right. and, uh, you know, I don't apologize for it. And you shouldn't. And I think that's what I think is so awesome and so cool about, I think, what you're bringing to the culture of wine, because like wine is is everyone can enjoy it. It doesn't mean that you need to be in a suit and tie. This is not a Justin Timberlake song. Like (laughs) we are here to enjoy it in any kind, like either if it's brunch, if it's lunch, if it's dinner, here or there and everywhere, we are drinking whatever we wish. So thank you for That's doing correct. that for the culture. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, kind of my slogan is wine the way you like, right? Yeah. And it's kind of a, 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 a double entendre. It's like wine the way that you like. Like I try to present it in a way that, you know, everybody can like it. Um, but it's also, you know, do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, do it uh, the way that you want to eat what you want to with what you want to drink. You know, it's okay. Um, it's a judgment free zone like uh, Planet Fitness. Yes, I love that because, okay, one thing is I steal that quote all the time. So I'm here for that. Judgment free <laughs> zones, be like Planet Fitness. Just drink mm-hmm. some wine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm, agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. So when you're working in the wine shop, what's like some of the top questions that people ask you as like sort of like the quintessential go-to person? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the, the most frequent questions I get is like, you know, do you have a wine that's sweet, but not really sweet? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been that person. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. A dry, but not too dry, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, what does uh, that even mean? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you definitely get that question at least uh, one or two times daily. Um, and then you get people who are like really shocked by the suggestions that you may uh, present. Um, and, you know, they, their eyes open up because they, they didn't know something about a specific wine. And that's, you know, what really attracts me, you know, to the beverage when I introduce a Riesling uh, that can be dry mm-hmm. or a, uh, a Chardonnay that can be unoaked or not buttery, uh, so to speak. Um, you know, I think that's when, you know, people are really, really intrigued and they come back the next week or even the next day and say, wow, can I pick up a few more bottles? Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's something that I really uh, am intrigued by um, and appreciate, you know, people's openness to and willingness to, to try something new. Yeah. Now, OK, I have two questions based off of what you just said, because I know a lot of people use the term buttery and I've seen my friends and they've been like, what do they mean by buttery? Is there like butter in it? I know that's weird. Um, but mm-hmm. because also when people say oaky or nutty taste um, or sweet or savory, you know, people can sort of identify what those mean. But when people say buttery, I think some people are a little lost in that sort of like translation in, in sort of like taste. What what would you describe as buttery? Yeah, so it's it's like a uh, a soft kind of like creamier um, type of acid. It's it's it, I mean you can get really ter- uh, technical. Um, it's malolactic, 
kind of acid malolactic fermentation um, that kind of causes that taste. But um, in terms of like on the palate, uh, you, you'll definitely get, you know, some uh, uh, aromas of, of that kind of like nuttiness of some of that butter, dairy kind of uh, cream like product. Um, and that typically comes from the winemaking process and the way that the uh, 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 wine is uh, stored and aged. Uh, so almost 100% of the time that you're going to get that profile in a wine is going to be coming from an oak barrel. Um, and when Chardonnay um, is put in that barrel, that's where you get some of those flavors kind of really uh, over the top. Um, when it's in the stainless steel, it's considered to be unoaked. Mm. And you're going to get a whole different profile um, of the wine there. Ah, okay. So to the listeners out there who are like, what's buttery? There you go. It's not a buttery mm-hmm. waffle. It's completely different, guys. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, I, I know you work at a wine store. So, like, what is it like just, like, the day-to-day? Because I know, like, I think, like, I would just be, like, me being, like, a lobbyist, I think I would just turn up and, like, turn on music and have a tasting all day, every day. And that is probably not productive. So (laughs) what what would you say like, is like the daily experience that you have? Yeah. So, you know, we definitely have a a pretty solid vibe at my wine shop. Um, You know, music is definitely present Mm. um, and it's on the water um, actually. So um, it's downtown in Fells uh, Point, uh, Baltimore. Um, Yeah. But, uh, you know, day to day, you know, I'm responsible for, um, you know, counting inventory, uh, make sure everything that we have on the shelves uh, is accounted for. Um, Also, you know, uh, tracking what goes in and comes out, Um, you know, things that, you know, we order, we track, uh, uh, you know, season to season, what's going to be popular, uh, what's in demand, what our uh, constituents like. Um, and what our constituents don't necessarily like too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I do some service. Um, I'll do seller tastings um, and, you know, just build with the people. I know, you know, at, at, at this time in specific, it's been difficult to kind of get out and stay out. Um, and, you know, we've been in general operating on a limited kind of capacity, um, but people are in good spirits. And I think, you know, wine brings people together. And that's why I love it so much. Yes, wine does. I mean, Jesus turned water into wine. And so that's why I'm like, it, yeah. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. Just commune together. It's written. It's written. It's written in the book, right? It's scripture. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I, I love it. I, this question because I feel like I'm that person that probably is going to be someone's example. What's the craziest thing a customer has come in and asked for in a wine store? Oof. Or or your craziest experience with the customer. I know me, yeah. I've probably done some stupid stuff with the karaoke and, and singing because I was already drunk when I went into a wine store. Sorry, Jesus. Yeah. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we've had we've had a uh... We've had uh, some some pretty crazy nights. We've had uh, someone, um, you know, tip a whole lot of money. Oh. Um, yeah, like just, you know, over the bar, just like dump a bucket of of, uh, uh, of singles and fives out 
over the bar because they had such a good time. Jesus. Um, yeah. So <laughs> so that <up> winery. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 No, it was, it was a bucket though. Thank God. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there have been uh, also some pretty crazy questions like, you know, uh, can I find a uh, champagne that's under fifteen dollars? <laughs> I've gotten some of those questions, and, and the answer is, you know, always going to be no. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you can get a uh, prosecco. A, a prosecco or a cava, maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 You can get this Andre. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember those days. Right. For sure. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's 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 pretty chill. Like it's it's laid back. You know, we it, it, I think we consider ourselves to be like a cheers kind of vibe. Overall, we have regulars um, and, and people that, you know, are good to us, um, people that welcome in, um, you know, newbies, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we don't take ourselves too, too serious. Um, I think we are like the approachable kind of wine bar and shop um, in the area. And um, I'm happy to be a part of it. Oh, I love it. We got you a little harp for that. That's a little harp. Because it's nice. good to have like a little wines place where you can go to that's friendly, you know, that'll help you through these choices. And especially during COVID, you know, like, I'm not going to lie. Um, if I looked at my receipts and how much I've spent on wine, um, I definitely need to be, you know, like, I, oh, yeah. I, I'm cool with the wine place that I'm with now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a first name basis. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, so that, that that's most of us. So you got company. Oh right, right. So I gotta ask this question: How do okay. people connect with you? Because you know, I, I I said a lot at the beginning about how I you know fangirl stalked you on Instagram and all, <laughs> and have been following sort of like your career and all this. So how can people sure. follow you and learn more about all the educational resources that you provide? Sure. So um, you can find me mainly on Instagram right now um, at the Dapper, uh, the Dapper Enophile, or the Dapper underscore Enophile. I should, you know, spell it out. It's O E N O P H I L E. Um, that's where I track most of my journey. Um, I do have a website that's coming out soon. I'll be blogging on that as well um, for one the way you like. Um, and then you can also find me at the wine shop. Um, in Baltimore, in Vino, uh, Wine Bar and Shop um, on South Ann Street in Baltimore. Yes. Go visit. Tell him the Rosie Hour podcast sent you. Give him, yes. a, give him a social distance hug and high five. And no ask doubt. him for some good rosé choices, which would brings us to our next question. Okay, okay. What is your favorite rosé? You know what? I've had, I've had a few... Uh, Rosés that I've really, really enjoyed over the years, and and you know I've only been in, into wine seriously probably for the past three or four. Mm. Um, but one that I'm really high on right now is Lafette du Rosé, mm. um, and it's by a black winemaker actually, yes. um, and producer uh, Donay Burson. Um, it's a GSM blend, uh, so that's Grenache, Syrah, Mubedra, uh, in terms of the varietals that are involved and part of the assemblage as we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it's an amazing uh, rosé from Saint-Tropez, France. Um, I drink it probably on a bi-weekly basis, if not weekly. Yeah. Um, we we sell it out of our shop. I'm not sure if you know him. Yes, he's been on our show a couple times. So, yeah, okay. we love us some Donay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, shout out to Donay. Yay! 
Absolutely, absolutely. And they're doing some 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 really cool things with the community right now. I, I definitely got to applaud this man because, you know, he's, uh, you know, leading the way in, 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 in charity and um, really, you know, setting an example for, you know, young people and, and, and his peers all around the world. Um, so I appreciate him a lot. But he is uh, partnering with a, a nonprofit organization called Learning to Live. Um, and they're actually donating um, some of the proceeds to of every uh, a wine sale uh, to that nonprofit, which helps uh, young people in Baltimore, specifically young people of color, uh, uh, travel all around the world. Um, and they're contributing to a passport uh, drive right now. We want to give 50 passports or help uh, students get 50 passports in Baltimore City oh, wow. um, so that when the world does open up, they're prepared and ready to go explore. Yes, they're going to be some door of the explorers. We are here for this. And yes, I yes. I mean, that's really important because, you know, um, the earlier you get a passport, the more willing you are to travel um, and get yes. on a flight. And most kids do not actually have passports of color. Um, right. And, and and to be honest, it's only a, a couple hundred dollars. It's not even two hundred dollars to get a passport. But it no. is a barrier for people to actually have access because you have to have a social security card. You have to have a personal yes. certificate. You actually have to get a passport picture with the guidelines. And it's a lot of, of constraints to go through to actually go through that process to do it. Um, so Absolutely. It's amazing that, you know, Donate is doing that work and, and helping kids do that because I know when I first got my passport, I mean, it, it opens <laughs> so many doors and opportunities. So I'm just yes. happy to hear this. And, you know, I, I'm going to make sure I donate as well because I have two bottles already upstairs, the Lafete Rosé. But I'll, awesome. I'll buy two more. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And, and and for your listeners, you can actually uh, uh, type in the promo code if you go to the website, LafetteRosé.com. Uh, uh, sip wine will get you 10% off. Um, of any other purchases on there. So, yes, um, use that code SIP Wine, guys. SIP Wine. Yep. So, you guys right. get some more and help kids get passports. So, when the world That's opens, right. they can travel. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, Dap, this has been so amazing. And we definitely got to uh, have you on one of our little shows. We're starting this thing called Tours, where we're touring uh, different venues uh, virtually. Uh, okay. So we'll we'll talk about that offline, but you know we we definitely have to do some great things with you because you're so amazing and so awesome. Thank you, Renee. So I really appreciate you all. Uh, uh, thanks so much for your vision on this podcast and uh, continuing to get, do some awesome work. Ah, uh, thanks. Cheers. Cheers to you. Thanks so much, Dad, for that awesome interview. And if you're in the Baltimore region, don't forget to go visit him at his wine store, Total Wines. He got a lot of good things to tell you, good stories, good wines to, you know, show you, let you, let you find a good wine to make you feel fine. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Lori with Dracenia Wines. friends it's renee here at the rose hour podcast and today i'm here with one of california's most amazing super intelligent biomedic chemist scientist she's super intelligent and she's a winemaker she has her own company with her husband 
She owns the most amazing. Oh my God, I'm going to say it wrong. And I just said it right. Drew. Draw. Draw. No, I'm going to say it wrong. Okay, I'm going to say it right. Give me two seconds. Draw Sina. Yeah. Did I say it wrong? Dressina. Dressina. Okay, we're going to do that again, guys. She owns Dressina Wines, the amazing Lori. Thank you, Renee. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. That might be the best introduction I have ever had for myself. Thank well, if, if only I said the name right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We were we thought we were so clever with the name. And then, you know, it. If people can't pronounce it, I don't really care. We've been called, oh, the dog winery, you know, this, that. We're, you know, I don't really care. The funniest, though, is when they, when Game of Thrones was really hot. Oh. Because she would say Dracarys. Oh. Dragons to shoot the fire. We became Dracarys winery. And, and I'm like, secretly, okay. I was trying not to say that. So that's <laughs> funny that you brought that up. Oh my gosh. Yep. Well, Whatever. Well, where did the name come from? And like, how did you get started in the wine business? This is so cool. Cause like, <laughs> dragons and dogs and all of it, it's so cool. Yeah, so my husband and I are, uh, my husband is a food chemist and I'm a microbiologist. We met at work. I was responsible to make sure that the food he was creating was safe for people to eat. So that's how we met. And when we started dating, we would go out to dinner. Uh, well, I can't even say go out to dinner. We would go to his house and he would cook me dinner oh. because we couldn't afford going out for dinner. And uh, we would just basically pick up a wine and off off of a bottom shelf and that would be our wine. And we just started having our conversations over wine and that's how we fell in love, having dinner, wine, all of that. <laughs> and uh, so when it came time for our winery, over the years we, we got married and we had a dog, uh, a wonderful Weimaraner that we named Draco, which was named after the constellation of all of the dragon souls. And so right now is like an awesome time. If you look up in the sky, Draco is up there. So I always like to say he watches over me. Oh, that's so beautiful. He's like your own like constellation angel. He is. He Aww. is. I He's my baby. Aww. I love him dearly. Um, but he, um, when he passed, my husband bought me a Draco tree that we put in his spot as, you know, a memorial. And then since we're both scientists, when it came time for us to start the winery, we wanted the name to represent him, but also to represent us. So the genus name, the Latin name for a Draco tree is Dracaena. So that's where it came from. So there's a Dracaena Draco, and uh, they're pretty cool looking trees. And um, they're originally from the Canary Islands, but that's where it comes from. And that's on our label. So he stands in front of a Draco tree on the label. There's so much symbolism here and I love it. And like you and your husband are like tied together to this amazing, like symbolic union together, you know, just in this, this partnership of greatness. And, And also like with wine, you know, it's a, 
it's a great harmony, if you will. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. Things only get better with wine. I love it. And so, like, with wine, why did you guys love to to kind of, like, go into this industry specifically, considering, like, he does food, you know? Well, I guess it kind of makes sense in the fact that uh, we, we have such a passion for wine as we matured in our careers uh, as I like to say we were able to go from the bottom shelf wines we were able to stand up right and look at those top shelf wines um, and then we started taking vacations and it you know focused on wine and we just knew that was where we wanted to go and uh, we were going to retire to California one day and follow our passion pursue our passion to start a winery so we decided in 2013 it was a good time to start it so that the winery is up and running and going when we retire. So that's how we got there. It's just, we love it. We do every, you know, it's it's what we our passion is all about. Oh, now what kind of wines do you do? Because, it, it, you know, there are so many types. So like, what do you guys produce at, at your uh, winery? So we are uh, in Paso Robles and we are best known for our Cabernet Franc. So I like to say that, yes, I like to say that I am a Paso Robles proponent and a Cab Franc champion. Uh, (laughs) I love that. Thank you. To the point that um, we love Cab Franc so much that I took it very personal that there's a wine holiday for everything out there and there wasn't a wine holiday for Cab Franc. So in 2015, as we were getting ready to release our first vintage, I went to social media and I picked December 4th to be Cab Franc Day. That is that is the anniversary of Cardinal Richelieu's death and he is kind of the father of Cab Franc. So I went to social media and we celebrated the first annual Cab Franc Day. It's trended second on Twitter. Wow. It is now an internationally recognized wine holiday. Go to any wine holiday, you know, calendar. It's going to be there. Um, We've been brought to um, Hungary, to Villeneuve as their guest to discuss Cab Franc because Villeneuve grape is Cab Franc. So we are we are cab franc maniacs basically. Wow. So, That's crazy. You are like the founder, if you will, yes. of a holiday. Yes, I am. <laughs> we gotta get you like a crown and sash. <laughs> I would love that. That would be so good. Yes, cool. the crown and sash is yours. You deserve it. You made a holiday. You are the queen of the day. We appreciate your service to the world. <laughs> that would be awesome. A little Cab Franc crown. Exactly. So for those who may not know what Cab Franc is, can you like kind of describe like the taste and like how one, you know, would, would devour the delicious Cab Franc? <laughs> I like that. I like it. So um, for those who don't know, Cab Franc is actually one of the parents of Cabernet Sauvignon. So as I like to say, you know, one wild and crazy night in the vineyard, Cab Franc and Sauvignon Blanc across a windy evening got (laughs) together and uh, they created Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, It is also, he kind of got around a lot. Um, He also uh, is the, one of the parents of Carmenere and he is also one of the parents of Merlot. 
So what I try to explain to people is when you taste a Cabernet Franc, it kind of has that body structure of a Cabernet Sauvignon, but the tannin and the finished structure of a Merlot. So it, you don't need to have that massive steak, that slab, you know, you know, slab and cab. You don't need that. Slab right? and cab. I, I've heard that <laughs> one too many times. <laughs> okay. You don't need that with Cabernet Franc, but Cabernet Franc can stand up to that meat if you want it. But because of that nice, gentle tannins, that softer tannins, and that lovely finish, it can also be a wine that you have with with lighter foods, where you can't do that with a Cabernet Sauvignon, right? Yeah, the food will get lost with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally understand. And so, what would you also say would be another sort of genesequa of your your vineyard or your winery? It's a winery, right? Yes, it is a winery. We actually source our fruit. Um, so our Cab Franc comes from the east side of Paso Robles, and our Chenin Blanc comes from um, comes from Clarksburg, and our Rosé um, comes from the Pomar district of um, Paso Robles, where the Cab Franc comes from the Estrella district. Oh, nice. So. Yeah. More about the rosé, if you will. Can you tell us more about your rosé? Yes. So our rosé is actually of Syrah, and that is not a very typical. You don't really see that a lot. But we love it because we think that the Pomar district is fantastic for Syrah. And what it does is it's provide us with a kind of fuller-bodied rosé. So the color is more of a Provence rosé. It's a light, pale salmon color. But when you have that wine, it can be that porch pounder that, you know, many rosés are. But it also can stand up to food because it's that fuller-bodied Syrah taste. Um, Syrah. And it is a direct press, uh, direct press. So those two ways to make rosé, that one is the Sagné method where people bleed it or direct press. So our fruit gets harvested earlier on. So it has that high acidity levels. We um, you know, press it off the fruit, uh, press it off the skins, and then the skins go back to the vineyard, you know, for mother nature and to provide for next year, basically. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So when when you say go back to Mother Nature, what do you mean by that? For those who may not know, because um, some of our listeners are kind of like new to wine, like they're not new to drinking it, but new to sort of like learning about the different types of what happens with it. So we don't waste, we don't waste. <laughs> so our, um, the pumice, what's left over, the skins and the seeds and all that stuff, the juice goes to making the wine and that pumice goes back to the vineyard to provide nutrients into the soil so that the, the soil has the nutrients that it wants. So that's why I say it goes back to Mother Nature. Yes, I love that. So you guys compost, which is a good thing. Yes. I love it. I love it. So you guys have a Cab Cab Franc, a rosé, a white wine. What is your white wine that you guys have? Our white wine is a Chenin Blanc. Mm -hmm. And 
We just harvested our first vintage this year, so that will be released in the spring of 2021. And we chose Chenin Blanc because it's kind of the white companion grape to Cabernet Franc in the Loire Valley. So we kind of were sticking to the Loire Valley. Nice. I love it. And are there any other types of wine that you guys have there? At the moment, we are producing four wines. So my husband and I both still have full-time jobs. Oh, wow. So we uh, started in 2013 with 50 Mm cases-ish. And we're just under 400 cases now. So we are growing slowly, but slowly on purpose. So uh, we... Until we can get rid of the, you know, the day jobs, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're going slowly and we never want to be too large that we're not the people behind the story. I, I want to be the person in the tasting room. I want to be the person who's telling our story. I don't want somebody else to be saying, yeah, well, you know, they had this dog and blah, blah, you know. Yeah, someone else telling your story because it's not as personal when it's not coming from you. I can understand that. Oh, so sorry. I don't have Corona or anything. I just have a weird cough because I have asthma and the seasons are changing. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm one of those people. Um, But want to ask, how can people follow you and also purchase wine from you? Well, we are all over the social media channels as Dracaena Wines. So that's D-R-A-C-A-E-N-A and then Wines, S with a plural. So you can find us all over social media. I also have my podcast and my blog. That is Exploring the Wine Glass all over the social media channels. And you can purchase our wines by going to DracaenaWines.com. You can purchase them there. We are doing virtual tastings. So you can, instead of necessarily having to order full bottles, you can order four ounce samples. And then we pick a time and date that works and I get on screen with you and we go through the tasting. And, you know, I kind of give you a little sidebar information about Paso Robles. (laughs) Wow, that sounds awesome. And I know you have some fun stuff coming up in October, correct? We do our new our new vintage is Yay! being released October first every every year on October first our classic Cabernet Franc the wine that started it all gets released our reserve Cabernet Franc gets released in February and then in the spring um, we we figure you know tax season is so horrible on tax day is when. <laughs> We released the Happy Rosé. Yes, we are here for the Happy Rosé. <laughs> yeah. So uh, October 1st, it will be the 2018 vintage for Classic Cabernet Franc. And our club members are getting them this week, actually. So they get a, they get it ahead of time. Look at you, club members. So go ahead and join the club, guys. You want yeah. that exclusive. <laughs> So I ask everyone this question as the last question because this is what everyone really wants to know from everyone. They want to know how to get your wine, how to follow you, and they also want to know what is your favorite rosé. So I am a huge rosé fan, which is why make, which is why we make a rosé. But my favorite rosé is actually sparkling brute rosé. Ooh. I am a bubble 
head. I love <laughs> sparkling wine and sparkling brut rosé is my favorite. And I actually kind of focus in on two of them. I love Chateau Saint-Jean. Mm. Okay. Their sparkling brut rosé is fantastic. And then Gruet, which is in New Mexico. Nice. I did They're, not know New Mexico had. Yes. Listen, you're just giving gems here, like New Mexico giving yes. gems. This is, those are my two favorite sparkling rosés. Oh, I love it. Lori, you are just so amazing. And we're going to have to do a tasting with you. So everybody, we're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and purchase. We're going to go ahead and some, support a small business, uh, especially during COVID. And we're going to do a tasting with you. So more to come with you, Lori. Uh, we're just so excited and thankful for you uh, and, and spending some time with us today. Oh, well, I am so appreciative. I I know that this is audio only, but I'm getting to see you and I love seeing that smile. Oh, so thank, thank you. you so much for, um, you know, for spotlighting us on your amazing, fantastic podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll have to, I'll have to have you guys on my podcast and we'll do a cross podcast. Yes, that sounds like so much fun. I can't wait. You guys, don't forget to follow, share, like, Listen to Lori, purchase her wines. They're delicious, nutritious, scrumptulescent, everything. Thanks, Lori. <laughs> Thank you so much. Cheers. Everybody drink rose. Rose. So we sip rose. We gonna sip rose. Rose. Sip rose. Wow, that was such a great interview, Lori, and I had so much fun. Thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with us. We really appreciate it. want to thank both of our guests, Dab and Lori. If you're not following them, definitely go do so. Uh, Their information is in the bio of the episode, so the details, just go ahead. It's highlighted. You can just click on it and follow them. Also, don't forget to follow us here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. Tell a friend. Like, follow, subscribe. Also, on any podcast platform. And then also don't forget to follow us on all social media. Shot we want to also thank our friends here Get up. Uh, at the Sip podcast. Uh, bartender Ben, Angelique Magdalene, and the bartenders DC. Uh, all around us in the world that serves us. Rosé. Rose. Uh, while we're quarantined, telling us which ones to try, you know, and socially distancing measures. We're just so Goodbye. thankful for all these amazing people. Uh, I want to thank all the amazing team at Fair Hill Studios that help us produce this podcast every week. So thank you to all of you. Um, and all of you that are listening, well, no thank world. you so much. We are at episode like 42, 41, 42. This is crazy. Um, and we could not have done this without you. So thank you guys so much. And guess what? We'll be back next week with two more dumb guests.